0: Has fear in their heart somewhere. Okay, look around. The rest of the people who didn't raise their hand have a fear of raising their hand. <laughs> look, all of us have fear, right? It may be this big today, it may be this big tomorrow. All of us have some kind of fear. And it, at least my experience in life and what I read in scripture is that I make really terrible decisions when I am afraid. Does anyone else have that experience? And the rest of you can raise your hand too, right? (laughs) Fear, I believe, is what Satan uses so much. It is such a powerful tool of the kingdom of darkness uh, to turn us away from what God wants in in our life. And we're gonna find that out a little bit today. The question I have for you is, what do you do with your fear? It's not if you have a fear, The question is, where are you going to take it? Where do you turn? Because humble people, uh, David, a man after God's own heart, he didn't get this right every time either. But eventually, humble people will take themselves and they will take that fear back to the Lord. Prideful people try to fix their own fears in their own way. And that usually turns out really, really badly. Think back to the, I, I'd like for you to think for just a moment on a fear you have right now. Because I'm sure you have one like me. It could be something going on in your marriage. It could be something going on with a kid. It could be the political environment that we have. It could be a job. It could be a character flaw that you keep trying to get over and over and just won't go away. It, it could be a variety of things, right? I want you to. I want you to get a hold of a fear. I want you to look at it right now. Not just any fear. I want to give you a moment because today, happy Father's Day, right? Think about fear. But here's the thing. I would like for you to talk to the Lord about the fear He is trying to get into your head that He can take care of and you're ignoring. I'll give you one moment. Just what is that fear? I want you to name it in your own mind. that fear is overcome by the blood of Jesus. It may not feel like it right now, it may not look like it, but I wanna let you know, as you're thinking about that fear a little bit more, this uncomfortable moment is brought by ACM International and Developing Kids Ghana. It's free. You didn't know your missions money brought uncomfortable moments, so they do um i want you to take a look at this the reason i want to mention this the biggest reason is we want you to follow with our email newsletter we send out a newsletter every single month so that you know how to pray you know what's going on with us uh we're going to be back in november and talk more about our ministry but anna's got a lot of things going on she the children's stuff that's going on with dkg here serving over 750 kids and that's just happened in the last couple years we're working with 150 kids in uh, local sports. Uh, we're helping to build three new churches this year. God's up to some stuff, and it is your stuff. So we want you to sign up for the email newsletter. Now we'll go back to talking about fear. Here's the main lesson I want you to have for today, is that where you take your fears is going to determine your destiny. Where you take your fears is going to determine your destiny. Your destiny. So I want you to think of that fear that the Lord just pointed out to you. All right, you have it, you named it, what you do with that fear. That will determine your destiny. And we find this in the story of Absalom. Absalom was the third son of David, and he was the most handsome man in all of Israel. Uh, He was born to Makkah, and he this is a foreign princess that david married and in deuteronomy 21 um, the jewish scholars talk about this that there's a really interesting thing that david had to do she had to shave her head so she didn't look so beautiful number one and then he could marry her and then it talked about though you might have a rebellious son so the jewish scholars talk about how this is a bad idea and they get on to david from the very beginning of it so that's who he is his sister tamar uh, was sexually assaulted by uh, his, his, their half-brother Amnon. And Absalom goes out, kills him, and gets thrown out of the, the kingdom. He gets rejected. Finally, he is brought back. And whenever he is brought back, uh, he stands in front of the gate. Now, he didn't just stand in front of the gate every day of Jerusalem. Everybody's coming in and out. In our area, People still walk to market every day. Like you can see people. Here, you all all driving cars and roll up the window if you don't want to talk to someone. Always got the AC on, freezing us poor Ghanaians to death. All right? That's why I wore my fancy smock today. So I didn't freeze to death with you all. But you would see people. But Absalom didn't just show up. He put 50 guys out in front of him, rode his horse or chariot into town, made a big deal about showing up at the gate. And for four years, he stands there at the gate, and as people come in and out. He's asking, hey, how are you doing today? What's going on? What brings you to the city? Oh, this thing's going bad. He would sympathize with him and say, well, if I were king, I'd make sure that that was taken care of. And the Bible says in, um, in 2 Samuel uh, verse 15, verse 6, that he stole the hearts of men. And this happens for four years. And finally, he decides he's going to go to to Hebron, which is the capital where David was first named king down in the southern kingdom in Judah. And he's going to mount his own rebellion. His heart gets him in trouble. I want you to think about the fears that he has. Do you see some fears already popping up? You know, most people don't try to show up in a motorcade unless they are really important or trying to look like they're important. I'm not sure which is more important. He's got a fear of not being recognized. He's got a problem with authority, obviously, right? So, more and more people are kind of sucked into this. They don't know what's going to happen. He shows up and he says, I'm going to be king. And it takes, uh, he, he winds up with a, uh, we're going to talk about Hithophel. Uh, Hithophel was the top, uh, the best advisor that David had, and he went and joined Absalom to help him out. And so everyone's getting involved with in this. Ahithahel says, hey, what you need to do really is show how much you want to take care of this. Set up a tent on top of the palace, and you need to go ahead and have relations, sexual relations, with the 10 concubines David has left behind after fleeing the city. Now remember, this same Absalom got in trouble for killing his half brother for doing the same kind of thing. You see how fear can get in and really mess us up and what might sound like wisdom and it is wisdom may not be godly wisdom. That's the best way to take over a kingdom, but it certainly isn't the best way to live. So David leaves, people come around him. He's finding all these loyal people he weeps going up the Mount of Olives, 2 Samuel tells us. You ever heard of somebody doing that, of Jesus? His, David's heart by this point has changed. It's changed. So a civil war breaks out. Ahithophel has said, okay, let me just take some men and let's go capture David really quick. On David's fleeing, there, God, he's praying, God, how can we thwart The wisdom of Ahithophel because he knows it's going to be a problem and so one of his other advisors comes and he he changes the uh the the decision and so it's the next day they try to come after him and the civil war comes out 20,000 people die because of one man who is trying to steal the hearts of people because of his own fears. Now, I have to be honest because that's my job standing up here. I try to hide, but when you get up here and you get in front of the Bible, sometimes you have to be really honest. The fears and the decisions I have made out of trying to deal with my own fears in life, they haven't killed 20,000 people, but they've hurt a lot of people around me that I love and care about. Do your fears do the same thing? Maybe you aren't like Absalom. Maybe you're not trying to take over a kingdom. But can you think back to a fear that you had and you tried to deal with it in your own way and it caused nothing but a bigger and bigger and bigger mess? Look, I... You know i i live in a different land most of the time but when i come back here and i'm reading american news and i'm i'm back here i see so much that how fear is trying to drive everyone here right now i even see it coming from churches and pulpits and i'm just here to tell you as john said in first john chapter 4 perfect love drives out fear it doesn't create more fear Fear is going, it leads us always to wrong decisions. I mean, when we stop and we think, when I stop and think about Eve in the Garden of Eden and Adam, it was a fear that they had of being left behind, of being separated from God that got them going down the wrong direction. It's the same old thing. This fear thing, I don't think we talk about it enough in church. That Jesus has come to take away your fears. We sang about it. There was a line that we sang about. But do you believe it? You remember that fear that you named? Are you giving it to Jesus? Are you giving it to him to take care of? Because where you take your fears, that is going to determine your destiny. So... Um, Let me just compare and contrast a little bit here between Absalom and David, all right? So first way I want to look at that are with their friends. Do you have a fear of being lonely? Absalom stole the hearts of men, but David was a man after God's own heart. Absalom manipulated his friends and followers, but David worked with his followers. If you go back and read this text, there's actually a point where they rebuke him and say, David, you need to stay behind because if you get captured we're in trouble. You're worth 10,000 of us. He listened. He listened. He had loyal friends. Are you afraid of being lonely? How are you looking for friends and loved ones? Are you looking for fame and trying to feel important? Absalom stole hearts through ceremony, through false empathy, and through a lot of time saying the same thing over and over again but David accepted the curses of Shimei. So Shimei was a he was a, a servant of Saul. And as David is going along with his entourage, walking along, it's either on the other side of the river, he's close by. Remember, he can't roll up the window and close out the insult the whole day. He's yelling curses down on David. You deserve to be here. You took out Saul. You're a dog. You're terrible. Probably a lot of other things we probably shouldn't ever say, but probably do every once in a while. He's throwing all those insults at David, and David just takes it. They, his friends are saying, let me go kill that guy. Let me set this right. You're the king. He no, no, because maybe, maybe, Maybe he's speaking for the Lord. Maybe there's a grain of truth in this. That's a big difference looking for for our pride and our humility, trying to take it and take what what life gives us. Because remember, where you're taking the fear, the very fear of pride, the fear of fame, the fear of being important, the fear of being lonely, that's determining the destiny of Absalom and David in this story. What about... um, What about just trying to feel like we're accepted as a man or a woman and desired, like sexually and in a relationship? That's a fear that we have, all of us, men and women. Absalom forces public sex with David's harem, even though his sister was dealt with in the same way, and he thought that was terrible. But look, David is not off the hook here, (laughs) is he? Like his, even loving Absalom's mother sets up a generational issue and it goes even deeper. Not only did he go for this woman who was from a, 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 a tribe that should have been wiped out and he has to go through all the ceremony to get her and Absalom becomes a problem. Absalom names his daughter, the same name as his mother, Makah, and she becomes the favorite wife of Rehoboam who's going to come next and he, she becomes the dowager mother who leads Israel astray until Asa, King Asa, one of the good kings, has her killed. You see the generational sin here? Starts with David. Starts with David. This is a big deal about, about how we need to get a hold of generational elements and how, where do we take the fear of being loved and accepted? What about authority? What about kingship? Absalom, became he shames David as a king, and he's not content to be a prince who has everything. But remember, David honored Saul. He wouldn't even lift his hand against him. He, remember, he could have killed him, but cut off the part of his robe whenever he could have killed him and taken over the kingdom. David didn't go out and look for an anointing of Samuel. Samuel was pointed to find this heart of God. What about beauty? Some of us have a fear of not looking Good when we get old, like, right? I mean, I see lots of commercials on anti-wrinkle cream. (laughs) I haven't used any yet because I can still grow a beard to cover up my face. Obviously, I haven't gone to the 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 coloring my hair. Actually, I have colored my hair. I'm trying to go all white. But look, being fit, we can live longer but there is a this fear of death i think is why are we afraid of getting older and losing ability that we are known for versus being the person that we are i talked to my friends who have just retired and they and you know some of them are a mess some of them are a real mess because they don't have the order to the day what do i do where is my identity And it comes in with all of these things as we look at beauty and age. and We can have a lot of things in this life to be afraid of, right? But where you take your fear is going to determine your destiny. It just does. I'm talking about you and the fear that you named earlier. I want you to pull that fear back out. We have a choice every day with our fears every moment to take and go away of absalom where we try to fix and build our own kingdom or we can become like david sometimes we may be like david and have to learn it the hard way right i mean god had to slap him upside the head a few times but to become a man or woman after god's own heart that will bring that back to the lord there's another story that I think illustrates this really, really well about what God wants for us. It's not having anything to do with Absalom or a way of, of, uh, of David. It's a story of, you know it well, the story of two lost boys. Sometimes it's called the story of the prodigal son, but there wasn't one prodigal. You have two lost boys and a father's broken heart. You remember the story? The father is really wealthy, and the son comes to him and says, Hey, Dad, you've got everything. Can I just have my inheritance right now? I got some serious partying to do. And he takes his half of the inheritance, and he goes to the city and blows the whole wad, right? Women, drugs, booze, the whole nine yards. He gets the biggest bang for his buck except he has no real friends, because when he runs out of money, they aren't going to help him. And he's left alone, and he winds up getting a job feeding the hogs. And you all know what fresh-squeezed fresh bacon smells like. That's where he's at. He's working on the hog farm, and he's so hungry, he hasn't got anything left. He looks at the food and goes, Hog slop looks good. And he decides that my father's servants don't even have it this bad. I'm going to go home. And he gets home and the Bible talks about, Jesus says, this parable that the father's looking down the road and he sees him come, and, and he goes running after him. And he takes off his cloak and he puts it on him. He asks for the signet ring and he throws a party for him. My son is home. The kid was just looking to not like, he's just looking for a good meal. Seriously. Just wanted a good meal. And the father takes him back and gives him everything. But the older son, then, his heart goes bad, right? Today, that fear, and dads, this is the word for us as dads. How can we have that kind of love? That even when our children are down in the bottom of things, down in the the hog slop. God wants you to come back. Look at what the first son did. He had a fear of going back to the father, but he decided to take the fear, just like David, back to the father, and the father accepted him 100%. That fear that you named? Are you going to stay trying to make the best of whatever life is throwing at you because god's gifted you already you have great abilities you have talents you have a brain you have you've been born in the united states you're born on third base let me just tell you you're born on third base life is good here you may it may look difficult you've got it good are you going to keep trying to make your own good with it are you going to turn back to the father Pride will keep you away. Humility will bring you back. Think of that fear. I just want to take a moment and pray with you right now. And we'll go ahead and close up now. But I want you to to think of that fear. I want to give you a moment to pray about that fear. I really hope that this is a Father's Day, that you're running back to the Father's arm taking fear. Let me just lead you through a prayer time. Lord, we are grateful for not just a story of Absalom and David, but Lord, for seeing exactly how fear plays out. And God, we are here as people who don't have it all pulled together. We just don't. Lord, we we need you. This is a fallen world and we're fallen people. And Lord, we've thought about some fears. And we've we've invited you to show us what they are. Lord, would you just again speak to everybody in the room or who's watching or listening to this that about the fear that you want them to release and bring back to you. Father, in this moment, would you help all of us to think about, make a, some kind of a commitment? I ask everyone here, Can if you can pray this, God, I don't know how. I don't know how to make this fear go away. I don't know where to take it. I don't even know how to talk to you about it. But Lord, I'm gonna try. Would you make as much of a commitment as you can right now to take that fear to the Lord? Would you do that as a beginning point? And maybe your fear is one that you've had over and over and over again, and you think there is no way he's going to take me back. But remember, the prodigal son blew it all. The Lord came running after him. If you have a fear of returning to the Lord, would you just take that to him right now and say, Lord, I have a fear of that. I am not sure how to overcome it. i want to trust coming back to you. Lord, we are a people who the enemy preys on by putting fears and doubts in our mind and making us double-minded. And God, any of us could turn out like Absalom. And it may not cost 20,000 lives, but we've seen how our fears have hurt others. Lord, in this moment, we ask for forgiveness for what our fears have done in the past. We ask, I ask, Lord, that you would instill us with courage and faith and trust in you, that we would leave the hog slop and we'd come run into you and you would run and meet us. Lord, take away our fears. Lord, when fears come back, would you remind us of this moment and the truth that you are looking to replace fear with your perfect love? God, we're so grateful that you're a father who loves us so deeply. Help us to respond in a way that we can give our whole selves to you. I ask this for everyone at Broadway. I ask this in Jesus' name. We're so glad you spent time with us today, and we hope that you were encouraged. Remember to connect with us by using the form at BroadwayCC.org. Have a great week.